Hello and welcome to Gym World Worldwide, your mom's favorite fitness business news show. I'm John Franklin here with Mark Fishu and Mateo Lopez, who's doing some light gardening during the intro of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Mark Fishu? Mark Fishu. I'm just excited thinking about all of our listeners' moms. Oh, very nice. In a, in a platonic way. Not a weird way. On the way. day of your shirtless photo shoot. How ironic. So here's what I have for you guys this week. Lifetime, uh, the large Globo Jimmy fitness chain, reported 2022 revenue. Uh, almost $2 billion, bucks, $1.8 billion, which is about a 40% increase from last year. And when asked, hey, why are you guys making so much more money? The uh, CEO said it is because we raised our prices. And so this is something we talk about a lot on Gym World Worldwide. Uh, I believe I can speak for the team in saying that we believe in being the low-cost leader, a la Planet Fitness, or being the most expensive, fanciest premium offering, and just avoiding the middle of the pricing curve like the plague. Um, guys, what's your perception of Lifetime? Because before this, I didn't think of them as like this super premium gym chain. Did you? No. No, I didn't. Not before this. And to be honest, I don't know that I do now, but I super appreciate what they're doing and where they're going. And I think, uh, you know, for a little market research lifetime, if you're no doubt listening to trying to get our insight onto this, I, I they have a space in my head that is like, they're nice. They're nice gyms. They're not like Equinox. But I also find them... Uh, to be more accessible when I think about the place that they take in my head, like a more accessible family-friendly Equinox, but still quite nice. That's how I think about them. It's definitely tiered differently in my head. Like I, I would, I would normally think that Equinox is a tier above, but if you look at their pricing structure, um, they said that through, well, one, they increased prices on all previous members. And so they're about 30% higher. They've got system-wide ARM above $200, which we think is Anything above 200 is pretty healthy in my mind. I don't know. You probably. Uh, oh, yeah. And for open access. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty ball and open access. I think I would call that kind of like the entry point of fancy. Yeah, certainly. For, for this type of gym, too, you know, it's interesting. They're almost, uh, I don't have numbers in my head, but again, that's a lot for open access, particularly because to your point, you look at like a Planet Fitness, it, it goes so, so, so low. You know, I think this is almost the open access gym equivalent of the small group personal training facility that, you know, averages $500, $600 per month. So what's crazy about this to me is that um, they fired all their sales guys. So they literally were like, we have all these sales guys. They come in. There's consultative selling. Uh, we got to train them. We got to pay commissions. So uh, you're gone. We're going to get rid of you all. We're going to put the prices on the internet, which is like a big no-no in our industry, especially in the premium space. And then uh, they implemented a dynamic pricing system. So the CEO said, uh, because of the system and the salespeople not being able to quickly to react to prices, we got rid of them. And um, they said, the quote was, we really love what's happening because there's no fear that you're making a mistake on the price, he said. A club can move from 199 to 229 and if that is not working, the price can be lowered within minutes in the system. And so, ironically enough, I went and wrote an article about the earnings report last week um, and got an image for it this Wednesday. And then I went and looked on Friday 
you can see that the monthly price went up $40 just because, huh. uh, you know, it's like surge pricing, Uber surge pricing. Demand. So they're, they're like literally doing airline pricing where uh, wow. depending on the day that you choose your membership and whatever way the wind's blowing, uh, you may pay something different than what people paid the week before. Um, Do we think sure. there's I'm a possibility? This is the first time I've ever heard of a gym doing that. Have you ever like seen anything like this? No, this is this this level of dynamic pricing is definitely new. I think it makes sense with the size of, you know, business that's doing nearly two billion. It makes sense they've got the capacity for this. So I think this is a brilliant move to move to this and just get rid of the salespeople to be transparent. I still think the pricing, in theory, feels like it should sell itself. I gotta say, I'm I'm looking at this here. Am I reading this right? Is this like three hundred dollars per month? Yeah, so the club by my house is uh, extra new and extra fancy. Got it. So okay. system-wide ARM is like 204 bucks a month. Uh, but the newer, nicer clubs, you're pushing like mid really to high. There. Um, yeah. Where some of the older, more dated ones, I'd guess you yeah. could probably get in there for about, yeah. uh, you know, a little under 200 I mean, I think one question I'm curious to know, John, and what just came up in your research is, are they using... I'm wondering if they've gone full airline. So as you might know, airlines will cookie you if you're not searching under incognito. So if you search the same flight a couple of times, they'll start jacking the prices on you. So I don't know if you've ever gone to buy an airline ticket. And listeners, this is good for you to know too. You're going to buy it, then you don't buy it, and then you go back later and you're like, oh crap, the price went up by 50 bucks. I guess I need to buy it now. Well, that's because they've cookied you and they're going to, they know for you, for your search, they're going to increase the prices. Do you think that might be going on here or is that assigning too much Machiavellian tech genius? Like they saw me and they're like, oh, you know. And they cookied <laughs> this guy. He's back again. He's ready for that $300 pitch. I, I don't know how sophisticated the, the testing operation is, but. My guess is they probably test on different days, and based off of traffic, they adjust the price at the gym. Fascinating. Which I think is cool. Is there any like, is there a realistic way where like smaller gyms could do this? Like, I, I so, feel like pricing and adjusting pricing is something we've talked about on the show before. Oh. It's something that gym owners are absolutely horrified to do. Um, but like, how do you how do you conduct price discovery if you're a a smaller gym that doesn't have an optimization team? Yeah, I so think... I have heard of this, by the way. My buddy uh, has a company called Flexit, and they are basically an app that um, is like Uber for gyms, or was. They've they've pivoted since the pandemic, but basically, you, you the gym can sign up for the app, and then basically, it's a way to attract members because you can discover the gym through the app, and um, it's pay by the minute or pay by the pay as you go access right. to a gym. And they did implement surge pricing uh, back in, like this was a few years ago, um, so that if there was a gym with, you know, five o'clock was the peak time, the price per minute was more expensive. And then the, you know, if it was an off time, it was, it was cheaper. They were offering this to smaller gyms as well who had open gym access. So um, I don't know if they're the only one, but it does seem like there is a way to do it uh, technologically. Um, for smaller gyms as well. I also didn't know Lifetime about them until we covered them a couple episodes ago. Um, Some of their concepts, like the videos look pretty luxe, but I've never been inside one, so I don't actually know how luxe it really is. But 
the flex it was it was like per minute right so it was like if you're a boutique or something that that does buy like i've seen it certain like spin studios will charge more for bigger classes right what what they're doing is this is for like a monthly membership so they're just like constantly testing different price points of their monthly membership in order to find out like what's the highest they can charge to optimize for revenue and ebitda seems wild yeah i mean i think it's an amazing way to go i have to I, again even in your market john even with a really nice one i'm a little bit surprised at that price point and i'm so sorry did they say on the screenshot is this a 12 month agreement or is this some sort of month to month situation it's month to month but they're going to hit you with a 200 dollars join fee got it okay so i guess with month to month it seems a little bit more viable it does again i'm sure these people know what they're doing my initial impulse which i'm sure is incorrect i'm sure they have data is you know you're at the 300 dollars price point that feels a little tough to make that as an ongoing monthly membership rate without some sort of consultative sales process. I think maybe the most actionable things for gym owners listening, which admittedly is less sexy and not as techified, which by the way is likely not a word. So it's not a techified, but obviously what you can do is take advantage of price elasticity, have a number of different offerings at different price points. So for the people that, you know, at any given moment, you know, it's called 10, 20% of your membership is willing to pay a lot more for better service and faster results. So it's nice to have some higher ticket offering for that. Now, that can also spiral dramatically out of control if a gym owner starts offering thousands of different services. I'm certainly not suggesting that. I think one needs a little bit of discretion there. But I do think the closest that a gym owner can do this in a low tech way is just have always have a big, at the very least, a big fat anchor, higher mid ticket. And then have these other price points of which you're still going to do pretty well. I think, you know, we're probably all the line here. We want people $200 or north um, as a rule. Even if you're a boutique studio, we want to be getting the ARM up there. But what's to say it's like your monthly membership's now 180 For the next 10 to 20 sales, you make it 200 And then the next 10 to 20 sales after that, you make it 220 And then you keep raising it until you have like an actionable decrease in your your rate and then you can go back down to the other one and you know if you've only sold five ten memberships the people find out you just put them on the old membership no no harm no foul and then you've like created like a small optimization yeah. study <laughs> yeah, of your yeah. pricing uh, yeah i think you know it's, it's intriguing it's an intriguing approach i think historically the 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 proposed barrier for that, and we can sort of consider whether this is true or not, is, of course, like, oh, well, the members will talk, and, well, what if somebody bought at the 220 rate, and then that was where you discovered your conversion plummeted, so then for yeah, future I memberships, thought we were supposed you dropped to offer down to the 200. same service for the same price to everyone. I mean... I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I mean, what's wrong with... Everyone's supposed to increase prices over time, so... Yeah, I on everyone. Like, 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 like Druck... Druck and Miller said that pricing is like the most neglected form of marketing. And so if you're doing price discovery, it's much easier to raise prices for new people and then make adjustments on your old people later. Like why not just kind of find where that sweet spot is and what the market perceives the value of your service to be. And then, um, you know, once you've kind of figured out what the, the area is where there isn't that much attrition, then kind of make decisions based off of that. Sounds too hard. Yeah, Mateo's not sold. <laughs> All right, guys. So you heard it here. The way you set prices is look at what your competition's charging. Add $10 if you want to be premium. Subtract $10 if you want to be cheap. And that, and that's it. That's how you run it. 
There's in fact a word for this. I don't know if either you two have run into this or maybe some of our listeners. Premium premiumization. Premium premiumization. Premiumization is a word that describes what's happening now in a lot of markets. And fitness is certainly this. I think this is best exemplified by the rise of the high ticket programs that seem to be getting rolled out everywhere. A lot of businesses are understanding how we survive this new economy is you have to create these upsell options for the percentage of your clientele or consumer base that are willing to pay more. Um, that seems to be the best path right now rather than just trying to go purely volume route. I think to Mateo's point, you actually have to obviously add better and more services for that. But I think you know that should be doable for our savvy gym owner listeners. They call it the 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 buzzword that gets used a lot is boutiqueification, oh, okay. which is just fit, <laughs> okay. fitness ease for charging more money. Um, okay. <laughs> But yeah, to your point, you can't just, you know, if you're a $100 gym, you just can't go to 300 because that's what everybody else is charging. Um, seems like they're doing, they're stacking of value. They're creating a bunch of amenities that um, aren't necessarily like equipment rental to make people hang out a little longer. So I have a video here. Life upgrades that are completely worth the money, part one. Going to a high-end gym. I'm a big believer in the idea that you should surround yourself with the people you want to become, so why not surround yourself with the richest people in your city and a non-professional setting? And this is actually where I've met a lot of my professional connections because I become friends with them first over a common interest, which is fitness. I work out at Lifetime Fitness, which you can get for just $107 a month using discounts through your health insurance. And there's not really another gym where you can hit a workout, go to a chiropractic session, eat a full meal, lay by the pool and tan, hit the steam room, get a haircut, play a couple games of pickleball, and finish off at the spa all in one place. Now that is overkill, but working out at a high-end gym has improved my quality of life in more ways than I can count. Cool. <laughs> Mateo's not cool, sold. Man. Mateo's not sold. <laughs> Mateo, don't you want to surround yourself by the rich people that you want to be like? Don't you intentionally God, always no. look... Yeah. What? No, what? definitely not. So Lifetime's using this concept as like... Um, they call themselves an athletic country club, which I think is a perfect branding exercise where you can just like a gym. There is a uh, certain price point that's anchored to a gym. It's kind of like putting CrossFit on the door. There's like a, a band in which people mm -hmm. expect to pay. And then if you exceed the band, you really have to offer something special and really explain yourself and the value and why you're different than every other CrossFit. And so lifetime is pulling like a big brain move by saying like, no, 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 we're not a gym. We're a, we're an athletic country athletic club. Country, club. country clubs are expensive, right? Like people are used to paying, um, you know, high country clubs can be anywhere. There are ones by us where it's like 2,500 bucks a month. That's just like your, that's before the quarter million dollar initiation fee. Um, so yeah, they're like, yeah, we're a cheap country club. And you're like, Oh, there's a lot of value there. And so, um, it's interesting that this guy took that approach. It's like, oh, yeah, the reason I go here is to network. Uh, and this is what, look at all the Lambos in the parking lot. I am curious. I don't know anything about that YouTuber. And perhaps we can keep it just a fun mystery for me to think about. But what sort of professional contacts this clearly young man is making with the Lambos? But I would love he to sells know insurance. who this guy is. It sells insurance, has, real estate broker. He has to sell insurance. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> Everyone who says the word networking sells some type of insurance. It's a 100% hit rate. <laughs> uh, 
so the other thing that Lifetime's doing that I think is particularly interesting is that they are going pretty deep into this idea of community. So they are pushing um, small group training. They said that is like one of the big strategic initiatives for them. And that has tripled system wide. Um, Fisher, this is your area of expertise. Yeah. Like, why do you think this is a smart move? Can a global gym build a strong uh, small group training business? I think so. And I think that a fair amount of them have, honestly, even Alloy, the franchise that I'm involved in, got their start as a license of literally thousands of clubs. And they were all Gold's Gyms and Anytimes and other very large health clubs. So I think this actually is a super smart move. It can super work. And uh, particularly, again, if they are looking for a more upscale clientele, you know, I just, I just think I'm so sold on attention my bias of the value proposition of small group personal training because you just anchor it to one on one, which in any market is going to be the most expensive thing, and that's what they're thinking. But it's small groups, so then you're going to get the community piece. You're still going to get a lot more than you're going to get in class. That type of clientele tends to stay longer. So, listeners have heard me rant on that before, but yeah, I think this is a smart move on their part. I do like the idea of uh, a country club. For everyone, <laughs> a country club that you too can go to. Yes, yes. Don't it's an worry. inclusive country here, club. And we have one down there and we have one over there. So you can totally go. It's great. Everybody, every club. Mm -hmm. Yes. I do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, pickleball Extremely. looks tight. I would sign up for pickleball, even though there's like three free co courts like within a mile <laughs> radius of here. <laughs> but yeah, it looks cool. No pickleball by me. It's terrible. An, an extremely inclusive elite institution. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you said you mentioned pickleball. So um, in 2021, Lifetime said pickleball is a key growth engine for their business and really put their money where their mouth is. So uh, they currently operate 500 pickleball courts, and they plan to build 500 more by the end of next year, wow. which is like, um, what is that? That's more than a pickleball court a day. That's almost like two pickleball courts a day. <laughs> a lot of pickleball. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot, and they reported that in club play is up eleven hundred percent year over year, which is insane. Um, I think personally, this is a pretty smart move because pickleball is a like low, uh, like it has a low learning curve. So it's something where if you've ever played, do either of you play tennis? No. Did, once, I didn't think I was going to hit with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't think that. I might have hit a tennis ball once with a racket. I've hit it twice. Okay. All right. So you're twice as experienced as Mark. So mm -hmm. um, yes. tennis is one of those sports where if you play with if you play and then you play with someone who doesn't play, it's just like an awful experience. Right. Or if you're like super – or if you play and you play with somebody who's a lot better than you, it is just miserable for both people involved. Right. <laughs> Where pickleball, you can play with people who are a lot better than you. You can play with people who are worse than you. You can play with people that don't move as well, um, especially if you're playing in a double situation. And it's still pretty fun. Um, so it's, a, it's an incredibly inclusive sport, and there's a lot of community around it. So uh, they're kind of going all in on it. And on top of that, it's the fastest growing sport. So SFIA released a report saying that 8 million people played last year. Uh, the Pickleball Association of uh, America or something like it, American Pickle Paddler Association. I'll, let me get you the exact acronym because I feel like this is so important. 
the Association of Pickleball Professionals said there was 36.5 million people that played last year. So wow. uh, definitely some discrepancy in the, the pickleball collection data there. But nonetheless, it is um, a trend. But like part of me is like, okay, this is sweet. They're going to ride this trend. Uh, they're going to make a bunch of money off of pickleball. But another part of me is like, you go into these health clubs, like, have you ever done this? You walk into like a global gym and then there's just like a row of racquetball courts that have just been like collecting spider webs and they run like a boot camp in there every uh, third right. Wednesday. Yes. No. No, you've never seen a racquetball court before? I, I've never really been in these. No, 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 I haven't. <laughs> never been in a New York sports club. Never been. Uh, uh-huh. No, never been. But I can imagine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I I believe you. I believe you. I'm just saying, no, I haven't seen it with my eyes. Uh, We'll go on a field trip. Okay. Since since you run a podcast called Gym World, you know, maybe it'd be helpful if we put you in some gyms. Could be. So this is my idea. My idea is for your content marketing strategy moving forward for the rest of 2023, uh, start blogging, start making posts, free eBooks, PDFs, all about how uh, sculpting strength training in small group private settings can help you increase your skills on the pickleball court. And that is what you should make all your TikToks about, oh, yeah. all of your Instagram reels about, all of your YouTube shorts about. They should all just be about how your small group personal training is dope because it'll get you strong, it'll get you sculpted, and it'll get you ready for the pickleball court. And then if you just litter those terms all over your your your, your posts, um, you're done. It's over. Game over. You, you just know, collect your millions. To, yeah, that's it. Well, just be sure to set your prices and then never change them either, too. Like, no, I didn't say that. I just say I'm just saying. You know, I think if you have that in your marketing, you can charge whatever you want. It takes care of itself. Millions. I'd, billions. I'd, do think there really will be an opportunity for people to, in certain markets, come in as the pickleball strength coach? They maybe wouldn't call it like strength coach per se, but pickleball, because I think there's a chance that, you know, a lot of these athletic individuals, to your point, John, this could be an unlock for them, an older person. They want to do something athletic. It's the right learning curve. They start to do it. They discover that they like it, but they kind of suck. They're not in shape. They haven't gone to the gym. Oh, can anybody help me with this? Um, so pickleball training, I genuinely think could be a thing. Most gyms and burbs have parking lots. I think you could just, pickleball courts are smaller. So just convert your parking lot into a court also. And then you may get violations for not having sufficient amount of parking for your physical fitness business, but forget all that. And just, yeah, put a court right there in the front. The fines are very reasonable. You're going to make so much more money from the the pickleball, you know? You're totally right. You don't you don't want to lose money on the deal. By so the way, I, have... I belong to a a non athletic country club, just like a normal country club uh, that is very big on pickleball. And uh, to your point, they will uh, fly in elite pickleball players, which are like, you know, these are people who are in the two to three hundred world ranking in tennis, and then just washed out and started playing pickle. I don't know if this is like this anymore. The sport's much bigger, but back then it was just like washed up tennis players with like a beer gut. You know, like that was the, that was the profile of the person who would show up and they would just like have amazing touch. But these guys were charging like two or 300 bucks a lesson. So they'd come in, they'd fly in, they'd do a demo where they'd play with the three other pros and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. And then all the 
old loaded people would just book them up for the next three or four days and then they'd come in and collect all that uh collect their cash and go on to the next florida country club and um there's certainly enough here that can keep you busy and now they can go to every lifetime fitness because there's just gonna be like courts upon courts upon courts that are going to be added every day and so yeah they just keep going at each location there you go never run out of fun times and lessons to be had so to draw it back to gym owners, I do think there is, um, I do think there are lessons to be learned here aside from Teo's uh, big brain marketing plan. Uh, one is that some of the big players are definitely understanding the value of community and are investing in it on both a social sport front like pickleball, but also uh, they are taking some of the training styles that uh, we've as small gym owners used as kind of our unique value proposition for a long time. Like every CrossFit gym owner is like best coaching, best community, Globo gym. You're just going to go rent equipment. It's going to be cold. It is no longer the case. And, um, they're trying to bridge the gap. And as such, they're also trying to bridge the pricing gap. So they are going to be charging as much as you. Um, but, on top of that, they're going to offer recovery rooms, kids' academies, rooftop pools, lounges, places to work, cafes, spas, and all these other accessories that uh, you just won't be able to compete with. So um, I do think now more than ever has been the time to uh, put a concerted effort into building up your community and fostering relationships between members because if you don't, um, they're going to go to Lifetime because it probably looks way cooler than your gym. Now, Fisher, you are known for having a very strong community in uh, your gym, Mark Fisher Fitness. Yep. Uh, do you have any tips for gym owners that would like to keep their members? Yeah, gosh. I mean, a lot of it is just the basic stuff, which you've probably heard a million times before, but maybe aren't doing. I mean, creating, first of all, events and opportunities for the members to get to know each other outside of the gym. I think depending upon the age of the individuals you're working with, I still think private Facebook groups can be very, very valuable because the thing that is worth appreciating is you can, to some extent, create community in the session, depending on what you're doing. There's a little bit more room for that in a small group training session versus a class, which is more of a curated experience. Um, And certainly both of those I do think benefit from the old icebreaker. We start the class and Go around the room, tell everyone your name, and what's the last TV show you binged, right? So that kind of stuff is good to sprinkle those relationships, but I think to create the community, the piece that is not always... I think executed on is that doesn't happen in the actual session. And if you try, you'll also run to issues because people are not paying you, at least initially, to develop friendships. They're paying you for workouts. And yes, my beloved trainer, they're not training you for programs. They're not paying you for training. They're paying you for workouts. They want to do workouts and exercises. So you give them that with what they're paying for, but then you create these other spaces, these other opportunities for them to deepen and enrich the webs of relationships, which will not only make their lives better, but obviously can be very good for your retention because you know people have a much easier time leaving a gym where they're nameless than leaving all their friends in their community. So those are a couple hot tips. It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. So, uh, previously on this show, we have talked about the greatest gym in the world, Fusion Gym in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you missed that episode, uh, let me give you a quick primer. The greatest gym in the world just got better. Follow me. We got two full basketball courts dedicated to the two goats, Jordan and Kobe. 
Once you come to Fusion, you're probably not gonna wanna go home. Don't worry guys, I got you covered. We built you a full outdoor lounge so you can kick it with your friends. Don't get it twisted. This is not a fucking playground. This is a lifter's paradise. This is a place for serious lifters. We have two massive four-station squat rack rigs. We have over 50 pieces of plate-loaded machine. It's a fucking lifter's playground. And last but certainly not least, we are the only gym in the entire world with a full 10,000 square foot outdoor ninja court. Wait, Wait sorry, is this that? a that's different? A, that's a newer one. Is this a different location than the Pennsylvania, the one in Philly, in like North Philly? No, that's the same gym. We've only in the previous episode we only covered the inside. That's the outside. This is a, a location. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like snowing like a lot yeah, of the year. I'm really confused. That's <laughs> a lot of outdoor cold equipment. for like half the year and yes. rains and like I don't yes. I don't under, I don't understand. I don't understand. How are they going to cover the ninja the gigantic ninja training course? How are they going to cover it up? How are they going to? What are they? At first, I was like, "Oh, they got to cover that pool table." No, there was a gigantic, gigantic <laughs> rig. At All this those point, things have cushions too. Like, oh my yes, god! Anyone in yes. Florida knows how miserable like taking cushions oh off god. and keeping them clean is. Oh, oh my god! Um, yeah, wow. and, and guys, the, in point. case you missed it, the inside of the gym has a Lambo, half a million dollars of marble. Basketball courts, indoor football fields, a full fight ring, 36 squat racks, 20 benches, 50,000 pounds of dumbbells, a restaurant, barbershop, recovery lounge, salon, podcast studio, workspace with decked out computers for editing, um, and I mean, whatever else you can possibly imagine if you give uh, if you gave Relentless Tony $10 million. Told him I will say this. He's really living up to his name, Relentless Tony. Like, he I really mean, that, is. The, the gym is relentless. I thought we had seen it all with the marble floors and the fancy lighting and the and the octagon, and then boom, he hits you with the outdoor lounge. In all honesty, I am not betting against this guy. Honestly, the more impractical and the more ridiculous and the more incredibly ill-advised this whole project seems, <laughs> the more I feel like well, he's too big to fail. He's too big to fail. You can't, you know, you're not going to lose with that. He's going to figure it out. Like, I want to invest in Relentless Tony. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, so, I tend to agree. Now that now that we kind of know, okay, it's actually just it's just a a, a, a fancy a display for all the equipment he's going to manufacture. Whew. Yes, now I, I'm starting to be convinced that actually he's smarter than the rest of us. But I, or, maybe I the, think, or the Chinese billionaire is smarter than the rest well, of listen, us. <laughs> and your point about that, I mean, the, uh, this is just really next level for me. At this point, we have so jumped a shark to have that much of an outdoor space in Pennsylvania <laughs> where it is snowy <laughs> and rainy and not like it's it's at this point, it's it's so over the top. I don't it's yeah, I'm I'm, I'm speechless. I, I'm in shock. <laughs> Mateo and I owned a gym in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, and like I'd maybe been there three times where it wasn't pissing rain, completely gray outside, or like you know ice on the ground. So, um, yeah, maybe when we go in June, we'll uh, we'll do the Ninja Warrior. Um, so when we talked about Fusion Gym last time, they were not open; they uh, had a large opening with uh influencers i cannot wait uh, to see the google reviews and questions for this place there were there were a couple hiccups so this was the first video i saw when i searched nah this is so fucking bad 
Oh no. Guys, there's people fucking passing out. My heart is like fucking racing right now. Wow. I don't know how the fuck I made it in. I take it back. It's Fire Island. It's just Fire <laughs> Island. It's Fire Island all over again. That's all. But listen, it is. but the Fire Island guy was a genius. The only thing he did, he just he actually just went a little too far over the law. I think even this, even this, I'm still betting on Relentless Tony over here. I will say this is just again good PR. I mean, this is just like yeah, we're watching it. Everyone's gonna watch this like dumpster fire of an opening. It's amazing. So they had multiple influencers with uh million plus followings at the actual opening you know doing shout outs telling their fans to come so naturally thousands of people show up and like who are the people that follow like the trend twins you know it's like it's like very juiced out gym bros i I don't want to i don't want to say they're all like that but you know it is uh it is a crowd of alphas and so when you get uh you know 5,000 alphas waiting in line to try and get into the gym. There's going to be, yeah. there's gonna be a little uh, aggression. Some shenanigans. And so uh, I guess the police got wind of this, and they came. And so they said, um, you know, I don't know if there can be 5,000 people in this gym. Uh, this <laughs> seems like a little dangerous. Do you mind removing some people um, from the outside of the gym and, uh, you know, kind of getting this uh, under control? And so some people who apparently have been waiting um, for a very long time to try and get a picture with the Lambo and Relentless Tony and some of their influencers uh, were then escorted off premise. And so um, being an influencer gym, uh, some of these influencers were not happy about it. So Mm -hmm. one of them posted a video that elicited a response from Relentless Tony. Okay. Huge gym for getting us here at 8.30 in the morning and then uh, kicking everybody out after waiting in line till 1 p.m. Man, fuck Carly. She's a goddamn liar. If you got here at 8.30 in the morning, you would have been the first group of a thousand people that we let into the building. But making sure to let all the influencers in. It's weird how she's saying that there's only influencers in this building. This gym is 70,000 square feet and there was thousands of people in here fucking working out and having a great time. Watch this clip. This is the same clip we were watching. That girl was yeah. stuck in between those doors. Oh, shirtless. All right. Let's go. Come on. But they just canceled it. Shout out Fusion, for real. They really fucking suck. And then she said we kicked everyone out. That didn't fucking happen. The gym was open until 7 p.m. and everyone had a fucking blast. We were just not allowed to let more people in because the people that were waiting in line outside did not know how to act, so it kind of sucked. People like her make fucking Instagram and social media fucking toxic because she's just looking for fucking clout and she's just fucking looking for views because all those people that were inside that saw that video, they commented on her fucking post and guess what she did? She turned the fucking comments off because everyone knows she's a fucking liar. Our event was such a fucking hit and so many people wanted to come that couldn't come on Sunday. Guess what? We're extending the open house all month long. It's absolutely free for everybody to come enjoy the greatest gym in the motherfucking world. My guy, the whole gym is for clout. Like, I don't under, like the whole, everyone there is for clout. You made it for people who chasing the clout. You're chasing the clout. Like, don't knock Carly because she's just playing the game. I mean, 
come on now. She tried to get in. She couldn't get in. She made a post about it. Yeah. I mean, that's everyone well, I mean, who got in is making a post about it. I don't understand the problem here. I think she's trying to win the game on him, though, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, he can't publicly. I don't think it would serve his brand or his business branding interests to acknowledge. There are room for different opinions about how this all went out. And I understand Carly is looking to jack the notoriety of my billion dollar influencer, Jim. Um, and I just want to acknowledge there is an alternative set of facts that reflect my version of reality, in which case everyone had an amazing time. Also free for the month. Money shmoney. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I like your version way better. But that's just me. <laughs> Uh, and so, so do you like do you like relentless too. Tony's PR? Are you still in, Mark? Honestly, I I am. Like this guy is, yeah. Fuck Carly. This guy can't like. <laughs> there, you know, he's. I I genuinely think this guy's got like a thing that's like maybe sociopathic, but is the type of person for better or for worse that can win in in the society we've all found ourselves in. Um, you know, I, w- I would have been a little kinder, of course, addressing Carly's concerns. Um, but it's interesting because I watched that tape and I'm like, what? maybe it wasn't that bad, actually. Maybe a lot of people did. He, he certainly seems convinced it was an amazing time. Um, so we spoke of their broader, like, we questioned their pricing. The pricing, which is now free, um, will right. at some point The opposite 69. way of what we advised. <laughs> the other direction. <laughs> we thought uh, it was already too low. He's like, oh, oh, no, no, because you're not thinking up here. You're not investing up here. I'm going to make it free. (laughs) Fuck Carly. (laughs) 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 So... Even the price was viral. $69 price point. And now it's free. Uh, And so we were like, how are they going to make money? And the answer was, uh, this guy's he sells equipment. He sells relentless equipment. And now that people have been in the gym... Uh, we got some reviews. We got some reviews oh, yes. out on yeah. how, how is it? How is it? How is this it? is the worst chest machine I've ever <laughs> used. Yes. It can seriously hurt your shoulders. I think I felt something. Overall, zero tens. Fire Island, baby. I told you. Y'all complaining too much. What the fuck? This has got to go with the worst fucking high squat in the history. Zero out of ten, brother. Fuck that shit. <laughs> wow. So people love it. It's great. <laughs> wow. Uh, to be fair to Relentless Tony, uh, he did make a video where he literally cut the arms off the hack squat machine and made them longer and then had the guy test it again. He said it was, um, you know, it was better. So they only had to bring a welder out to completely redesign the machine. Listen, move fast and break things. He's getting, you know, it's iterating. It's real time, you know, small feedback cycles, minimum viable product. Wow, I just keep going back and forth. This guy's an idiot. No, wait, he's a genius. Not only is it a display unit for all these things, maybe he hasn't actually started manufacturing any of them yet. So this this is also the testing ground. All these people <laughs> of his lab rats, 
all these people are just going to say, let's just see if it works. I just don't know. Let's put 5,000 people in for free and just see if it works every day. His reaction video where he re-welded, he reacted to this video and re-welded it and it got literally millions of views. Um, so wow. maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused, but you know, wow. the, the, the thing is, if you have a good, it's like the flip side of marketing, you know, marketing makes a good product grow faster, but the dark side is if you have a shitty product, it just helps people find out it's shitty faster. So, um, you know, I think a $10 million influencer gym is bound to have its operational hiccups, especially with a price point of free. Um, and so simultaneously running a large equipment company seems uh, pretty challenging as well, but I'm glad, um, relentless Tony is, uh, listening to customer feedback. Wow. So amazing. Um, what an amazing journey. And it's only just begun. I feel like I cannot wait for the next, I mean, we, yeah, next you're right. we check in. <clears throat> you're right. So I was like, okay, cool. So he's going to take some of this feedback. He's going to, he's going to get some members. He's going to start charging. No. Relentless Tony is expanding. They've announced their second location oh, God. in the fitness capital of the world. Oh, this guy's God. my hero. Oh, you this thought we were hero. done? Nah, baby, we're just getting started. That was chapter one. Yeah. Here's chapter Look, two. We're expanding to Toledo, it Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> W's only, you know I've been winning. winning. Top of the world, the globe is spinning. spinning. Oh, if you know, you know I've been on it. What? Mission. Mission. Go. Okay, let's get it. Got a little time on my hands like a wristwatch. I don't got time for the brakes and the pit stop. Brace for Just an abandoned Toys R Us? Like... In Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> so the reaction, oh the, this God. video uh, also went viral on TikTok. City. Just fucking... <laughs> and uh, the reaction, it actually sent Fusion Gym money laundering trending. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh... Actually, because of the location choice and, um, yeah. I guess, the, the, the trajectory of the business. And the fact that it's just moving so quickly to, to make the second one. Wow. I am in love. Yeah, that's great. Too, too, too big to fail. I mean, if you're going to, like, swing, I mean, he's going to try to take down the entire global economy at this rate. Yeah, wow. when you take down the northeast Philadelphia suburbs in Toledo, Ohio, those are the big rocks. There's nothing, you know, San Francisco, New York, L.A., those fall right after. Nothing's going to stop him. We keep opening up these, like, three million square foot facilities. Uh, every town <laughs> in America is going to have one. Eventually, the entire United States is only going to be fusion gems. We all live inside them. <laughs> Some Not dude was like, hell yeah, Detroit's definitely coming next. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the only thing I could think of, I, I lived in Ohio. I, I, I love Ohio. I lived in Columbus, Ohio. And one of the things with Ohio is that it is like, uh, there's some stat where you can get to like 80% of the country if you're from with, with like a three hour plane ride from yep. Ohio. And so if it's like a distribution play for the um, equipment manufacturing company, that's the only thing I can think Isn't of. Isn't is Rogue like out of there too? Rogue's out of Columbus, yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah. I think so, yeah, EFTS right. is there sense. as well. Yeah, Elite FTS. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Ohio is a great place to, uh, if you manufacture and ship big, heavy stuff, because there it's just right near 
where everybody lives. I mean, this becomes, I think, the, the real question, all kidding aside, is like, okay, if this is an equipment play, what does that pivot look like from here? Because clearly we're not even talking about the equipment play yet still, right? Or is he, because he's not, you can't buy this equipment yet. Is that correct? I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who we knows? we but, tried. We went to the website and we got a four or four fail or something. Oh I think boy. we tried. Yeah, okay. I, Two episodes. I didn't. Ago. Uh, I didn't check though. I didn't. I, I didn't check uh, since then. Maybe they've updated their landing yeah, maybe, page. You're right. Maybe now. But I know when we tried before, we couldn't. I mean, it is um, damned fascinating. But but that's. I mean, really the question because like what the pivot is from here. Clearly, we got eyeballs, right? Like step step one, get eyeballs. We got the eyeballs, but. Uh, you know, I think it is fair that there's maybe some concerns about the operational proficiency that would be required to launch a business that's looking for, we can only assume, a pretty fair amount of scale right outside the gate. Margins are not. This is also, this is manufacturing. This is, I can't imagine. Now, maybe, maybe I'm overweighting it because I'm just, a, I'm but a humble services guy, but that seems a little daunting to me. And based on what we've seen so far, you know, I, I, I can't give this 100% confidence that this is going to go off without a hitch. Well, that's it what, already uh, has not. An investor like so you makes right. calculated risks like that. You know, it already that's, has you know. not gone off <laughs> without a hitch. So, but it's just so right. over the top that I can't. I'm I can't help but root for him. Honestly, it's so absurd and impractical. Well, and relentless. You know, and relentless, relentless, Tony. Uh, Dream big, we love man. You. Swing big, We're buddy. Rooting for you. You inspire us we every are day with for the you. work I you do. I mean it sincerely. And um, yeah, I I really, really just cannot wait until I visit your Philadelphia and Toledo, Ohio locations. Yeah. Uh, That's all we have for you this week at Gym World Worldwide. Uh, Tune in next week. Be sure to like and unsubscribe.